Roland. On this week's episode of the Superhero Hour Hour, will listener emails finally get our names right? Will Sabrina kill the Dark Lord? Will October Faction be factually factorial? Find out now! Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that's based on a comic book or a comic book property. I am your host for the evening. My name is Taylor. With me, as always, is Ryan. Thanks, Taylor, but I really want to go to Mike. Let's go to Mike. Great, great point, Mike. We love to have you here. We're not going to keep doing the bit where we pretend that Mike is speaking and we put a bunch of dead air in the podcast, are we? No, I, I would say that like every third sentence, we should pretend that Mike is here, but we can't hear him, and then just have dead air for like one sentence. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I love about Mike as a podcaster, one sentence at a time. Yeah, never never goes over, Yeah, never goes under. No. He's Mr. Reliable. There is no fragmented sentences in his talking. No. We call him one sentence Mike. There's run-ons. But, I mean, if you only have one sentence, then you got to do what you, you got to do, you know? Oh, yeah. That's why whenever I would write a paper for class, they're like, ah, keep it to this many sentences. Buddy, we're writing a whole essay in this run-on sentence. I'm going to throw some semicolons in there. I'm going to throw in a full colon. Oh, shit. If, you, if your teacher is counting sentences, then are you more, as a writer, are you more Hemingway or James Joyce? Are you more like, sentences should have three words, and if you have four, then you're a whore? Or are you like, oh, what is this? A paragraph? That'll be one sentence. At the least. Yeah. Uh, speaking of James Joyce, I tried once again to read the first page of Finnegan's Wake. Mm -hmm. You guys, James Joyce is a dumb guy. He's the, not a good writer. And Finnegan's Wake is the one that's more appropriate for the masses than Ulysses. No, it's opposite. Ulysses, really? Ulysses is the like sort of understandable one. Finnegan's Wake is the one that starts in the middle of a sentence, and every word is made up gibberish that you have to speak in an Irish brogue or else it doesn't make sense. And even then it doesn't because he just combined a bunch of words. Do you think Faulkner's been getting a bad rap this whole time? Yes. Like, Faulkner's fucking cakewalk compared to whatever gibberish James Joyce is spitting out? He literally made a book that... That is supposed to be like reading a dream. I read, I've only read, Portrait of an Artist is Dorian Gray. Yes. And that, his, by far his most successful book, was oh, still yeah. such a pain in the fucking ass. James it was like Bob Dylan got drunk and wrote a 400-page song. Yes. James Joyce is hard to read, you guys, and I don't think that that necessarily makes him good. Do you ever think that, like, back in the day when we were all deciding what was canon and what was not, you'd be the critic or the reader or whatever who'd be like, um, guys, James Joyce, just before we, like, before we tell students what they should read forever, James Joyce is actually bullshit and stupid. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is, this, is, this is dumb. We shouldn't read this. Like, when people are like, oh, well, I had to get a companion book to read alongside uh -huh. this book so oh, I yeah, understand for sure. the book I was reading. God, that's a bad book. It's a bad book. I'm not, I'm not ever without, like, some sort of second device that is telling me what I'm reading means. Yeah. I mean, that's why I always, whenever I watch uh, Amazon movies, I turn on the little x-ray thing. Right. But, but the extra one that tells me, like, hey, when they say that they got to go talk to Joey, they're talking about Joey, the character you saw in the last scene. I turn on 
I have the opposite feature where I have the Amazon out X-ray where I'm just getting X-ray the entire time, and I don't oh. fucking wear that vest that like protects you from shit. Oh hell yeah, dude! No. I'm too manly for cancer, and I dare any X-ray machine to give me dude, it. Get those X-rays straight to the dome. Yeah, that's how you get superpowers. To the dome and the dode. Yeah. I want it to go straight up to the top and down to the bottom. And in many ways, that's free healthcare. Right. And people say that Amazon is ruining America. Let's see James Joyce write about that shit. Yeah. Which would have been very impressive if he wrote about Amazon and healthcare. Yeah. Th- uh, if he was doing like some Nostradamus shit, like, hey, I predicted 9 11 and also Area 51 or whatever Nostradamus predicted. Like Dante predicted hell? Yes, exactly. Sort of like that. Yeah, just like Dante predicted hell. Is there any. I thought that as a literature major in college, I thought that I would read uh, hard books for the rest of my life, and I have yet to open one since I graduated and got the fuck out of there. Is there any of the, like these authors that you actually enjoy reading? Um, you know what? I actually did like Dante. Speaking, of, I Dante's kind of fun. Dante's Most, Peak. Is that yes, you, yes, you like Dante's the volcano Peak. movie? No, but uh, real Dante because uh, every now and then he'd just be like, "And here's this bitch that I knew in real life. What an idiot! <laughs> he loaned out a bunch of money and charged interest on it. He's in hell forever." So it's half hell. Here's what hell is, and half burn book of yeah. just like pictures of his exes. It's just Mean Girls. <laughs> Uh, I had a, and I think this is going to come up later, a Milton class. Ooh. Milton's hard, but I enjoy Milton more than, say, your James Joyce's or your William oh, yeah. Faulkner's. That's, I, I have only read the beginning of Paradise Lost, uh, and then I lost my copy. You lost Paradise Lost? I lost Paradise Lost, and boy, that was paradise to me. I, uh, I was at Vegas one time. I was playing craps, and I threw the things so hard. That and like that, the the thing that I was gonna win was a copy of Milton's book. So I had a Paradise Lost, and then I lost Paradise Lost. Yep. You know what? That's an A plus joke. It was it's worth, all about the runway, baby. It was worth every bit of runway that you burned. That was a Fast and Furious six length <laughs> runway, was, and it's you a know twenty seven mile runway. I enjoyed every moment of it. Listen, no one else is here, so they don't have to hear us being good buddies. Is that Fast Six? That, yeah, that's Fast and Furious six. The the movie that I did just say. If at the beginning of Fast 6, they started a marathon runner, and that's what? That's almost 27 miles? Yeah. And then the whole thing took off and happened. Who wins? Who gets the finish line first, the runner or the scene at the end of Fast 6? I think the runner finishes first because that is it's so it's an hour long. The runway goes for an hour. Why is Fast 6 so much lower on people's list? It's in the top three Fast movies of all time. It's very good. Well, I don't know about top three. I think it's fourth. So top four, would you say? Uh, yeah, I think top four, easily. Okay. But you're being wild. All right, speaking of being wild, Sabrina's back. It's the third. Sabrina! Sabrina! But before we get to that, the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen. Now we're here in the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen, the part of the show where we kick back, have some fun with some saggies. This and week, we are I would love to do anything but, like... I just like we have so much fun together doing what we want. Yeah, I would hate if this was where uh, like readers or Twitter people like write in and do sh- stuff. Please, oh. Taylor, don't tell me that. Oh, buddy, that's what a bummer for you. What a bummer for you to have to hear this. That is exactly what we're doing. We are reading reader emails and tweets. So we are going to read off some questions and we are going to answer them. And um, let's just. Dig right in here. Would you say, though, that of all podcasts that get emails, we have the stupidest fucking fans of all time? Guys, some of some of our fans ask very reasonable questions. A lot of our fans need help, and professional I help. I haven't seen these emails yet. They could be great, but based on history, 
They're going to be so fucking stupid. They're going to be very stupid, but let's read our first stupid email. This first stupid email says, Dear Dewey, Leonardo, and Sonic. Oh, that's fun. That's Wait. like that's uh that's like all the different characters that uh Ben Schwartz plays in animated uh Ben Sh- one more time uh Benny Schwa no no not him the the characters uh, Dewey Leonardo and Sonic right uh, all right so let's pretend Mike was here let's yeah. say he could say a sentence what do you where are you going with who's Mike uh you're Sonic I think yeah I'm obviously Sonic I think Mike is Dewey and I'm Leonardo I think you are Leonardo because yeah. of my Nards because you're Nards yeah, yeah you're the Nard dog we always say. That thing that we made up for you. Uh, this is Lulu Wang, the director of The Farewell, was approached about directing an MCU movie. What character would you like to see her direct, and do you think Marvel is asking too many women to direct it? Oh, come on. That's okay. Come on. Can I take the second part first, and, and Taylor? This, and this is from at SipConvulsion28. SipConvulsion. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't. I, I think that we probably need more female directors. Not probably. Definitely. We do, yeah. Uh, I agree with your assessment of the second portion. The first portion of the question, a very good question. What character do you think, uh, like, what character doesn't have a movie already that you think would make a good movie? It's so hard because everyone in the Marvel Universe is already in the MCU. That There's one go-to I really want to see, and that is, and I'm not the biggest fan of this character, but I really want to see how movies handle him, and it's Namor. Oh, yeah, okay. But Lulu Wang, so far, and I've only seen one of her movies, is such like a laid-back sort of hangout feel. Yeah. Do we need like just that chill-out in Atlantis, and we're like everyone's trying to keep a secret from King Namor? That would be pretty good. Not that all of her movies have to be the same, but yeah. I don't know. They, but they do. They In this case, they do all have to be the same movie. They have to be the farewell. Who is your favorite character, and Moon Knight is getting a Disney Plus show? M- Moon Knight is getting so – he's off the table, finally. Who uh, do you have? I think probably I, w- I still would like to see a Kamala Khan. That's a, that's already going too. Is it going? Everything is going. You're right. There's Shit. there's like nine Disney that. Plus shows coming. Uh fuck. Uh who doesn't have one yet? Uh I don't know, like Black Goliath? He's he was sort of backdoored into uh We do need more black superheroes with the first name of Black. So that would be yeah. good. I have an idea, but I don't want to be racist. I, you know, actually, you know what? I think uh, real answer. I think what I want is I want a, a standalone Incredible Hulk movie. Standalone Lulu Wang Incredible Hulk movie. Just yes. Bruce Banner and I, w- I want Bruce Banner and the Hulk hanging out. That's what I want. The two of them together. Is it, does this take place like inside their co-brain? Yeah, and and then there's also the all the other Hulks that have been in the comics. Like they've got the they've got Doctor Green or whatever that one's name was. Doc Samson. Doc. How about this? How about uh, it's it's uh, Bruce and Hulk inside of the brain, but it's treated like a holiday special, where like you're on a you're clearly on a set and people ring the door to come over for Christmas, and that's how the like Doc Samson comes in and he sings a song. Yeah, it's a variety show. And and then and like fucking the Rolling Stones show up for a second. You're now, like, all right, cool. I clearly had an idea, but before I did it, I prefaced with, I don't want to sound racist, and then you interrupted me. Do yes. you want to just keep that interruption there and have me not tell my idea? Hey, what's your idea? No, no, I think it's better if... Okay, cool. All right. Then we're going to move on to our next question. This is from our listener. It says, dear your pop and filter. Oh, that's fun. Your pop and filter. Yeah. You know, like the like the studio. It's sim- like snap, crackle, and pop. We have... One in common. That's true. We're we're one third of a of a Rice Krispie. Mike is filter, for yes, sure. Absolutely. I think, 
I think I'm probably your and no way. your pop. You're pop, baby. You're popping off all the time. Oh, thank you, buddy. I think we're both pop. I think Greg is your. All right. You're, this next question says, how come you guys said such good stuff about the CW crossover Justice League but hate the movie? Are you racist against films? And follow-up, do you also want the release of the Snyder Cup? That is from at Porcupine Dreaming. <laughs> okay. So, again, two questions. Um, I'm going to answer the second one first. I would love the release of the Snyder Cut because what these people have done is say this movie was bad. Um, or I hate how everyone thinks it's yeah. bad. But once the Snyder cu- Cut comes out, we'll all know it's good. And it will be worse. You idiots, like, it'll be worse. I'm sure that this movie that was very bad, if we just added an hour of movie to it, would be very good. No, it's not, you guys. We already saw what was there. And then also, what's his name? Uh, this is uh, Porcupine Dreaming. Also, and it could be a girl, I guess, but I'm yes. going to assume. Their name. Based on like the like vindictiveness that's coming through. Yeah, this is, this is a white male somewhere in his yeah. mid-20s. This is, somebody, this is like a white male who just bought his 42nd hatchet. Yes. Like, look at my hatchet collection. Um, we talk shit on the CW shows all of the time. Yeah. We really do. So when we point out every once in a while that they did something okay, that doesn't mean that we're like up their butt. That yeah. means that, like, we just know what good is, and you don't, you stupid Snyder Cut idiot. Yeah, and finally, one of these shows presi- provided us something that we weren't expecting. Are you waiting for the Schneider Cut, where the... Rob the, Schneider? No, the repairman from One Day at a Time, the Schneider Cut. Oh, yeah. He comes in, and he directs Justice League. Oh, uh, fuck yes, let's do that. You guys, I'm on board. Give me Schneider. All right, your uh, next and final question says, Dear Kyle, Guy, and Hal... Kyle, Gu- Kyle Guy and Hal. You don't know who that is? Nope. Okay, those are Green Lanterns. Oh, right. Okay. I got it. Hal's like the classic one. Hal Jordan. Uh, guy is the... Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce with the bangs, who's like, he gets in fights and shit, and Kyle's like the sensitive artist. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this one says, rumors are swirling that Diggle may become Green Lantern at the end of the Arrow finale. Do you, because I think of what shapes I would make if I had a Green Lantern ring, mostly they are female genitalia that float above me that are touchable. That is from at Perfume Marine 69 What's the question? I don't, I don't what? know. I think it says, do you, because I think of what shapes I would make. I, so I think he's asking, do we think about the shapes we would make with a Green Lantern ring? Or do we think about the shapes that he would make? Right. And now I am. Now, now I'm thinking about that. Now I am, and it bums me out a lot. Hey, buddy. Don't do that. That's, I mean, to like to have that much power on your finger and then just make female genitalia. But, but to be fair to him, and I don't think that we really need to, but <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. The actual Green Lanterns don't use it very effectively. Like so many times, they just make a big green fist. Right. It's a big green fist. Which is like, come on. Right. Don't. Or like an anvil. Cool. And not enough middle fingers. Nothing yeah. tells a space bad guy how you feel about them than a big Green Lantern middle finger. Ah, oh, uh, you gave me the green finger. Yeah. Yar. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the green finger. These are space pirates. Bring me some limes. Which is different than a green thumb. They're not good at gardening. No. These are not space gardeners. I wish that more space gardeners would take up, or space pirates would take up gardening. Yeah. I feel like it would be a good release for them. I've heard that every, for like every plant you plant is like two refugees that you don't kill. That's, I've also heard the same thing. Yeah. We hang out with a, with, a, with a weird crowd, I have to say. I think we just eat fortune cookies from the same company. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And do you also get a lot of the ones that say, like, please let me out, things are bad here? In bed. Oh! 
All right, well, folks, that is the end of listener emails. Now I'm going to say on. terrible still. Yes, please terrible send still. us good emails. Folks, please send us better emails. we got to get better stuff than this. Uh, now we're going to move on to our main segment, which is talking about the season three or part three premiere of Sabrina. Where it began I can't begin to know it But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring On the premiere of the third part of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina We discovered that things would be a lot easier if they would just call them seasons Meanwhile, Sabrina takes her human friends down to hell to not really help her get her boyfriend back there she faces off with Lilith, who is trying to be both the Queen of Hell and the Wizard of Oz. Eventually, Lilith asks Sabrina to help her convince the plebeians of Hell that Lilith should be queen, which does not go well, resulting in Sabrina taking over Hell and making Milith, Lilith her regent. Taste buds, I ask you this. How did TCAOS do with creating their hellscape, both from a story and production design standpoint? You know, pr- production design was actually pretty good. Yeah. I thought it looked I, cool. I thought, like, the uh, the little stones that had the locations and everything, and the, the river of blood was very good. Um, yeah, I, I liked the look of everything. I think my biggest problem was the throne room where uh, Lilith, Mrs. – what's her name? Yeah, Mrs. Wordwell. Wordwell had, like, this throne made of giant hands and stuff. Yeah. And then she had, like, these uh, wingless monkeys that would come in and, like, do her bidding – and it was just, it wasn't shot, it was shot closer to a soap opera than like an HBO drama. Yeah. And it was just too bright. I think that the production I, designers did great, and then the camera work was maybe not that great. I have to say, in this entire episode, the camera work was very, very weird. Like, they were doing, they were doing a lot. Because I remember in season one, the big thing was like, like, they didn't do like a whole lot of the camera, but the entire time, they had that like fisheye blur on right. everything. Which they kind of stepped back from, which I'm glad for, but it's still there sometimes. But the beginning of this episode was like the camera was shaking everywhere, and like that's not just automatic drama. Just so no, you know, it like the camera shaking everywhere. It was like real low angle and like being bumped around and like still like super blurry and like like a long like a long frame rate or whatever. It was very strange. What it struck me as is that like it was one it, it made what could have looked really cool look a little bit cheesy and yeah. two when you do everything you do nothing, you know? Like they yes. didn't pick and choose what would be super creepy or super important. They just made everything look like, "Oh my god, look what we're doing." And then it sort of like yeah. flattened out everything. It felt like maybe they shot that scene and it was just sort of like shot normally and then they got into editing and were like, "Ah, fuck. This doesn't actually look that scary, so we're just going to throw a bunch of effects on it." I think that's one of the things that Sabrina has over Riverdale is that we're not going to be as upfront cheesy, "Oh my god, look how crazy we are." Yeah. And we're going to make up with that for that with filmmaking and this sort of took a step back for me i think yeah i think there was too much they were excited about so much you know it it seemed like they went with most filmmaking for this episode which that's not that's not better you're just doing the most because i can look back now it's been a day since i watched the episode and i can look back now and say like sort of figure out what was the most important like when todd what's what's his name todd his uh harvey 
No, not Harvey. It's Harvey, Roz, Sabrina, and... Theo? Theo fought, sees her uncle on a scarecrow. Oh, yeah. That should have been a major impact point. But instead, it just felt the like the rest of the episode, and then there wasn't that hit that I expected. Yeah, it, it seemed like there was little moments that they got very well, and then they sort of just autopiloted through the rest. Right. Um, but the, the thing that I would say that I want a whole lot more of is this show is leaning more into hell is real and there's these demonic things and it's kind of spooky and scary. The thing that I want them to do more is the end of the episode where the kids are hanging out in the diner and her friends are like, like Sabrina goes, because I'm not going to move to hell. And her friend's like, "Um, that sounds like you're going to move to hell. All right. This is is a very clear moment of the week where Sabrina says, I'm not, like, Sabrina throughout the course of the episode sort of becomes the queen of hell. Yes. And then uh, elects Lilith or Wardwell as the regent. And then comes back up, and she's at the diner at the end. She says, I'm not going to become the, the queen of hell. And then, like all best friends do, they say, you clearly are. You're what are so, you trying to do? You're so obviously going to be the queen of hell. And But, they, the, but Taylor, I'm trying to figure out why you would love a scene that has four friends, four platonic friends sitting at a diner table with four milkshakes in front of them huh. talking about their day. What is it about that that like strikes a chord with you? you no, know, I simply don't know. I think it's from all the times that they did that on my favorite show, Arrow. Yeah, it's Arrow. The Arrow milkshake is a classic milkshake. The classic What's it called? Milkshake. Salmon ladder? It's half salmon, half ice cream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I did legitimately see someone make salmon ice cream on the internet the other day. <laughs> Boy, what a bummer that is. But you have not tried it yet? Have not tried it yet. We will see. What like What is the worst... Or weirdest, or like the less sweet ice cream you've ever had. Like, have you done pistachio? Uh, I have done pistachio. I think the less sweet that I've done was I did do like a uh, like a, a goat cheese and beet uh, ice cream. Goat cheese and beet? Yeah. Who was creating that? Is that Lilith, the queen of hell? That sounds awful. You know what? It was not great. I I wouldn't say that it was bad. It wasn't my cup. Of, it wasn't my cup of ice cream. There's sure. a delivery ice cream things that will do like. Uh, just crazy ice creams that are delivered to your house, and you'll get like 10 pints or whatever, and nine of them will be weird but normal, right? Yeah. It'll be like cashew and peanut butter, which is not that weird. And then the 10th one will be like uh, Philly cheesesteak. And you're just like, what the fuck are we doing here? All right, I guess. I guess I'll try it because someone's Oh, you're not going to not try it. Someone's making it, so you're like, you don't want to be rude. But here's the thing. it You did a great job. It tastes exactly like Philly cheesesteak. I'm going to throw up right now because it tastes exactly like Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, I don't want my ice cream to taste like Philly cheesesteak. If I wanted the taste of Philly cheesesteak, I would eat a Philly cheesesteak. Dipping french fries into Wendy's Frosties is very famous. You know what's not famous? Dipping your entire giant sloppy Philly cheesesteak into a bowl of ice cream. Ryan, can I tell you? What? I, wa- I want a Philly cheesesteak so fucking bad right now. That I understand, but do you want ice cream around you so you can dip at wherever you point? All around me, I see ice cream dishes. Is that what that song was about? Yeah. It's all about he wanted to dip his Philly cheesesteak. It always steak flew over my head until right now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, back to Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina! This, this was uh, an episode where they go to hell. Did you think that at the very beginning when she went in and got Nick that that was like a real thing that was happening and they had just resolved that very quickly? Wait, hold on. Do you think that the, like their goal was resolved in one episode and that made me mad? 
well, that they would resolve it in one episode. Well, I mean, not even one Nick's episode. Back, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nick Nick is back, but did like did you think that it was going to be so quick that it was like that dream sequence at the very beginning, like the first five minutes, they just resolved the thing that they left a cliffhanger on. I guess I was hoping, and I never thought I would be this sort of TV viewer, but the CW has just burnt me. Yeah. Um. That. When she had that dream, I was like, oh, this is probably a season or two. And the fact that it was only one episode make, made me delighted. Yes, let's move on with shit. Let's do this. Yeah, I, I think that they are still going to do some shit with, like, Nick Scratch is possessed by the devil. And she's going back to hell. Yeah. I'm Her going, friends know Going it. back, back to hell, hell. Um, can we also talk about Caliban, the most fuckboy of fuckboy princes of hell? Over Satan. Over Satan. Okay, because before I watched this, I was told that, hey, just so you know, Satan's hot now. and Satan's fine. He looks like a less hot version of that guy from Nip Tuck. The episodes of Sabrina that I've watched is just, uh, it's always like a disgusting farm animal head. Yes. Different farm animal heads every time. But like one, like Sabrina will be like, hey, I'm just hanging out. And then all of a sudden, like a gross, brown, sloppy, slimy sheep head will pop in and be yeah. like, hey, do my bidding. Hey, I'm the devil. And that's what I thought the devil looked like. And now the devil is hot and her dad. Yeah, which I forgot that that was the twist, is that she was Satan's daughter. So he's like, welcome to daddy. And I was like, is that? Yeah, see. What's going on here? There's a lot of things like that. Um, There's a lot of things like that because Nick Scratch gets in a wrestling match with Satan. Yeah. So that's just watching your naked boyfriend and dad wrestle. Which, also, her dad pops up behind her a lot of times and like, hey, just uh, the person that you were kissing wasn't the person you're kissing. It's me, your father, Satan. I am your father, Satan. I, I will say that um, watching your boyfriend and father wrestle half naked on the floor is also a thing that they stole from the show Riverdale. And most Pornhub. Yeah, Most of Pornhub is basically that. It's all it's all of it, you guys. But what you're asking, is Satan in his current form, or not his current form, but his previous form of like yeah. uh, ripped dude, hotter than Caliban. Cal- and- Caliban is the... Here's the thing. Caliban's an idiot. He's a fucking hot bro who never had to face adversity ever in his life, and exactly. he's stupid. But he shows up, and he's like, yeah, I'm the prince of hell, and I was like genetically engineered to be a hot guy on a TV show. Like he like it looks like they grew him in a lab just for this purpose. Okay, but here's the thing. This is the important question about this episode of Sabrina. Calib, everybody is everybody in hell is backing Caliban, and nobody wants to bow down, take a knee to Lilith. Is that straight up sexism? Are they saying that even though Lilith is yes. clearly the better queen? That is obvious. Listen, it, even Caliban's if, a moron. I think in any show that would be like this is sexism on Sabrina. It is absolutely sexism. This 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 show very frequently is just feminism. The show, and it I think Supergirl tries to do that. Sabrina actually does it. Okay, so the agenda is clear, but it's still okay. Like, oh yeah, it still makes a good episode because in this episode we have Lilith try to take over Hell while the two ants try to take over the school. Yeah. And try to make that more feminist and try to pray to a feminine Satan. Yes. And, and I think, you know what? They're doing it well. Like, this is all, it's not like they did, decided to do a very special episode on feminism. This is all, like, rooted in the show. They've been doing this for three seasons. And it makes sense. And I do, like, I 100% buy that they would not, like, want Lilith as queen. I, this is, I think this is a very well-executed 
plotline. They should not want Lilith as queen because of how like big they they think their balls are. But I think that the other moment too of the two ants try to make the school bow down to like what do they call her like Mrs. Satan or yeah, like Madam Satan? Madam Satan. And uh, everybody, all their students get down to pray to Madam Satan. And even the girls look at each other. The, and these girls were for sure like, women are equal. Yeah. Like, we're just as good. And they look at each other like, Madam Satan, what the fuck is this? Even if you're a feminist, yeah. you still have a, an issue with like having female authority. Yeah, Santa's Everyone white has and a the problem devil, with female is, authority. devil is a man. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's just how it is. And has always been. But not anymore, folks. It's 2020. But what did you think of the time where they did, the girls got over it. They rolled their eyes and they were like, hail Mrs. Satan. Hail Madam Satan. Madam Satan. And then Lilith downstairs was like, ooh, I felt yeah, that. I, I got a little that. tingle about that. That was very good. Um, we're almost out of time for this segment, but, what? We, but we have to talk about uh, how do you like uh, uh, Ambrose and Prudence witch hunters? Okay, a couple of things real quick. Uh, one, The Simpsons taught me because there was a Simpsons spinoff show where Chief Wiggum went to New Orleans, <laughs> and that's, that was his new show. This should be a spinoff show. If you go to New yes. Orleans, you're on your own show, and that's a spinoff you show. You get your own show, and it's in New Orleans now. Guys, I want a, I do want a spinoff show of these two. They're great, and I want to see them hunt witches. Also, President Darkfuck, what's his name? Yeah, President Darkfuck. Uh, who they were doing an impression of? Or no, they brought a woman in. Yeah. Do you know who that woman was? No. It was fucking Penelope Blossom. Penelope Blossom was a costume of the Dark Lord in this episode. Oh, shit! She was just like, oh, God, the vapors of New Orleans are so oh. hot to me. Oh, I di- my dear. Oh, I sure do. Fuck it. Wow. Okay. I did not I did not get that. A couple more things. Uh, I could not believe how clear they're making it that uh, women should be in charge and dudes should be shirtless, just like classic Sabrina. All over the place. But on the flip side, Sabrina is still a terrible fucking brat that has no yes. comeuppance, and that's really the hardest part about watching the show. It really she's is. She's an awful person. She's she's a bad person, and I want her friends to just like ditch her and be in their band together. Her uh, her best friend Rosalind, yes, went down to hell with her. Yeah, and when Roz was talking to Lilith, were you surprised that Fraser didn't show up? I don't. I never watched Fraser, buddy. Uh, you're you're talking about a brick wall here. Okay, that's all. Those are my moments of the week. Well, my moment of the week is when you just did that because you're my friend and I appreciate you. Now we're gonna move on from talking about Sabrina and go to the Arrow. Very special episode. Ryan, before I jump into reading this paragraph. I need to let the listeners know that we have locked Taylor out of the studio for this segment because he does not respect and has never respected Arrow nearly enough. Only certain people on the internet are allowed to talk about Arrow. Mm -hmm. Not enough people follow that rule. If you're unsure, if you're one of those people, let us know and we will tell you no. Yeah, if you've ever rolled your eyes at it, get the fuck out here, unless it's a loving roll. Yeah, we are a... Uh, TV review show where we review Arrow favorably no matter no what. No matter what. We're the GOP of Arrow. And here we go. In the penultimate episode of Arrow ever, we get thrown to the post-crisis 2040, where Mia is a socialite engaged to JJ, she and William grew up together, and Zoe is still alive. OG Earth 2 Laurel shows up Terminator-style trying to save a young debutante Bertinelli, because if she disappears, the future Ollie sacrificed himself forever will be gone in a year or something. To accomplish her mission, she recruits Dinah, who also happened to wake up in 2040 some time ago and decided instead of being a hero, maybe she should just run a lounge like Lucifer. Together, they recruit me and remind her who she used to be in a different reality but never has been in this one. And it's a little confusing. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. 
How does the L. Woods version of Mia work for you? And does this backdoor pilot have a strong proof of concept? All right, two huge, huge questions, reporter who is at a press conference with Trump or a Trump person. Um, which one would you like to take first? Let's talk about Elwood's Mia, because the Mia we've gotten used to over the last two or three seasons is very hard. She fought in a cage, man. She'll spit in he, your face if you give her a cupcake. The El, and by Elwood, you mean Elwood Blues, one of the Blues brothers? Yes, Elwood Blues. She's constantly eating dried white toast, uh, but she's also solving every case by flicking a pencil off the ground. It's been a long time since I've seen Legally Blonde. I would say that the Elle Woods of it all was a lot like the episode in that I did a lot of pretty hardcore eye rolls right away. Mm -hmm. And as the show went on, my eye rolls started softening, which is good because my eyes always end up in the very back of my head. Right. Two glass eyes. And things started clicking for me of what they were trying to do. It didn't make sense to me not to live for fun. And it didn't make sense (laughs) to me right away that um, we were basically getting a repeat of the pilot. You know, uh-huh. um, I don't have a lot of time with early, early Arrow. Um, so maybe that's my excuse for being an idiot about this. But they thought that, like, what a great idea to have Mia make the same huge journey of socialite idiot asshole, mm-hmm. which is like, it's sort of 10 years late as a reference, but right. that's fine. Um, a lot of stuff, the, the stuff, their balance of what's futuristic and what's, there's the Bertinelli who's missing is still posting live videos. Like they have holographic Star Warsian news, but they're still Instagram stories are huge in 2040. And do you know who this Bertinelli person is? I, I mean, I know Helena Bertinelli is Huntress from early Arrow days. This is her like granddaughter or daughter. Who I can only imagine will become the Huntress if this is picked up. Huntress 2040. It's my favorite thing. I grew up in the days of X-Men 2099, so I love uh-huh. just new versions with more metal uh, yeah. of old superheroes. I'm going to need a number thrown out at the end of everything I watch or read, which is why uh, the Avengers that I read or watch other is called Avengers 69. <laughs> it's, it's just porn. What's crazy about this episode in numbers is in the first five minutes, they throw out what happened in 2020 enough times as if this aired two years after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, yeah. There's so much craziness going on. Okay, so it's a backdoor pilot, which means a pilot that's wedged into a regular series uh, for hope of more show later. Um, that takes place directly after the biggest event in the, the universe's history. So if this is your first episode, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Pilots are traditionally people's first episodes of the series, and you're bummed. Then they shoot to 20 years into the future for where we're at, and one year before this utopia goes to utter dystopian <laughs> shit. So there's a lot on the plate. I'm like, like you, I rolled my eyes a lot, and I felt like... We've gotten used to hard-edged Mia, so they really threw in her ditziness, mostly in the beginning, which is why the eye rolls happened, Fast and Furious. But like you, I got used to it. And I think the show, each each Berlantiverse show has its own tone. Uh, Arrow was always grimdark. Flash was supposed to be light, and then it got sad, mopey, emo boy. Uh, Supergirl is a little hopeful and very political. Legends is the best. And I think this one, they don't have a knowingly arch camp Batman 66 style show. And that's what this, I think that's what they're aiming for. They're sassy. 100%. They're drinking wine like Cougar Town. I fucking loved it. I'm going to go out there. I expected to hate it. I loved it. I had, I've read so much online. And I don't know if you've met these type of Arrow speakers, but they said the episode was awful. Uh, strictly because um, they're tired of the feminists pushing their agenda. And that the agenda in this show, if you didn't watch it, was uh, the three leads do not have penises. That's right? the that's only a, agenda. 
that's about as far as it goes. Um, we say on Superhero all the time, be be the legends that you are, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly to the CW shows. And we're not saying be legends. We're, we're saying figure out what sort of legends-like thing your show should be. And this did it perfectly. Again, it took me 10 minutes to get into the groove. But after that, they, like, all... Laurel, it's all in Laurel, yeah. okay? Laurel is so awful and cheesy and dramatic and incredible and hilarious. And that's what the show is. Uh, and then it just goes to three girls jump on motorcycles immediately and ride <laughs> ride to fight crime like friends. And it's it's in the middle of talking about like normal boy troubles because JJ doesn't trust her because she was snooping on him because of memories from a different reality. But also JJ might be a murderer. Like blending these two things is so fucking fun. And yeah, the the, the more the closer you are to Laurel, and they fixed Katie Cassidy. She used to be like the straight and narrow lawyer and she was so boring on Arrow and then when they, she came back as Black Siren it's like oh you figured out your character and I do think in the couple seasons they figured out her and Dinah not just because they have the same power and name work pretty well together and so now 20 years into the future they've gotten over any guff and they're just like the oldest of best friends it's yeah their, their I, vibe was great I think that I think you're right about Laurel I think that they, there's still some more work that needs to be done with Dinah on just a line to line sort mm-hmm. of here's the kind of person I am I am. Um she can't she it's great that she's a foil to Laurel, but she can't just be right the person who says, Oh Laurel too far, oh Laurel not far enough. You know, she has right. to also have her own thing. And I'm pretty interested because she was kind of a hard ass in the the normal arrow timeline. So for her to be like this very like soft into crystals version of Dinah Drake, <laughs> right. the more they dig into that, cool, because it's she's not like Mia. She remembers everything. She just woke up in the future, two years prior to this, and went, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to try to do anything but play this piano. Oh, my God. One of my favorite parts. What, like, an exact, like, depiction of what you need to know if you're going to watch this show. Dinah woke up, like, in the future, and uh, beca- and Crisis erased her uh, persona, or uh-huh. her, like, her life. Her life. Which is weird. That's a weird thing about Crisis that we didn't get a lot of, is that when all these worlds collide, some people are just going to be erased. So she wakes up in 2040, and says, oh, I don't have an identity. I'm going to start a piano bar where I am the main event and I'm going to sing and play piano at my bar every night. What the fuck, Dinah? <laughs> the, her first week waking up in that future, she got caught Lucifer and was like, yeah, this is the job for me. I want that life. You, know, Renee is probably out there somewhere. Why wouldn't she go find her best friend and be like, do you remember me? I guess the answer is just going to be no, and nah. that's going to be sad. Uh, the other, the other one major part. Going back to like the Charlie's Angels of it all, and this is coming off a year where we did not get a Charlie's Angels that we were able to sink our teeth into. Um, the motorcycles, and then mm-hmm. they they arrow out oh, of man. a exploding building, and then they land, and the director has the fortitude to one film the the Bertinelli, the hostage or whatever, uh, eat shit. Like she's not going <laughs> to land like one of these three superheroes. And then turn the camera on them from Bertinelli's perspective, and they just strike a pose because that's the show we're watching. That's the show we're watching, and in their heads, for different reasons, because Laurel wants to be badass, Dinah's like getting her groove back, and Mia, I think it's muscle memory, it's instinct from the past life, uh, but it's all to show off for that girl who ate shit, to be like, look how cool we are. Once, what's, her, what's Bertinelli's name? Do you remember? No. Okay, so let's say Valerie. Once Valerie joins the team and there's four of them, do you think, oh, you're such a Mia or, or you're such a Dinah will replace like Charlotte and Samantha? I hope so. For That's all of her ki- sakes, that brunch needs to get an update. <laughs> That's the kind of like canon-esque show I think this could become. 
Yeah, it, it has things like, uh, how about let's talk about your hurt feelings and more about your fiancé being suspect number one. I want that every episode. But we did mention a lot of stuff, like talking about boys, having drinks, stuff like that. But they really did a good job of walking that line of making the star or making the show starring girls, you know, mm-hmm. female characters, but stopping way short. And I think this is because it's all women behind the camera. Stopping way short of, like, I'm the pink arrow. And right. I throw tampons at you, you know? Or, like, I'm bedazzled everywhere. No, one of the coolest parts is because Arrow's been fighting, like, space ghosts for so long, it felt like the first couple seasons where it's just people beating the living shit out of each other over very cool camera work. Yeah. Should we get to that then? Because yes. this show, I don't know if this gets picked up, if they will keep up that Arrow awesome fight work. But I would say that the fight, this, the fights in the show were on par, if not better, including... The single greatest fight moment in the history, like fight instant, fight second mm-hmm. in the history of the Arrowverse. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was two great ones, but I'm going to guess it was uh, Mia running across the room using the guy's chest that Laurel was bending over backwards as a ramp to jump and punch another guy in the face. It was spectacular. <laughs> it should become an Olympic event. Um, it's not just the jump punch, and jump punches will always rule mm-hmm. no matter who you are. But I love to see a little bit of Danger Room-esque teamwork speedball you know special? like fastball special speedball, yeah. fastball special yeah where nobody said anything but dinah knew to go on one knee with the guy on her back like he was a cape right when mia ran up it's they have not they have had no training well, together when women fight crime together long enough their fighting styles sync up ryan that's what i've heard and i think that's what the show is tackling and as much as i would hate to be the guy who got jump punched in the face <laughs> yeah, I, like being the other guy wasn't great you heard when mia put his foot right in his chest oh, yeah. you're a little oh <laughs> sternum just cracked with every step <laughs> That, no, why? that does edge out. The second coolest moment is that whole fight scene starts because they're on a roof looking through a window, as you do. Uh, and they all decide to swan dive Olympic style through the glass and only flip to their feet right before the floor gets there. It's amazing. Do you know what else I think is part of the success? Um, do you remember an episode of a TV show called The Farm? Yes. Th- from okay. The Office, where they decided to see what Dwight's family was up to? Yes, and we were given no warning. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I watched a lot of Married with Children, and Married with Children, no joke, would have a backdoor pilot starring characters you have never seen before every season or two. <laughs> and as a kid, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I think part of the success of this is just telling us ahead of time and not being ashamed of it, not right. being sneaky about it. Like, backdoor sort of means sneaky, yeah. you know? And they have been pimping this for months, mm-hmm. and I think that helped out a lot. We knew what to expect. <clears throat> and it's because with me and the future uh, flash forwards, it was so lame and over the top, but in a bad, gritty way. And they were like, "Let's, how do we fix this? Because I bet they read the internet maybe more than they should. Uh, and they did. They, they fixed it the tone because she's not growling at everybody anymore. Yeah. there's Yeah. Because it, it, once you go from supporting to lead, you have to have a little bit more nuance than just say like, when you say it's gritty, do you mean that the pilot... Uh, stepped up and shoved a little kid to the ground? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, they're still trying to figure out if that happened because it's very uh-huh. confusing if a big orange fist really hit that little kid. No, it's definitely he said it said, said and we should definitely <laughs> believe it. Always believe it, Ryan. So, another thing I'm very excited about, that end got me pumped. Uh, JJ, also in the future, I hated him, but this version, this guy's not bad when he can be, like, soft, and who knows if he's bad. And I don't think he was bad at all until the very end where a masked figure said, hey, also remember your other life. So he has to now battle. Uh, I want to marry this rich socialite girl who thinks I'm a murderer. Oh, no, maybe I am a murderer. 
I mean, maybe I'm straight up like Deathstroke of the future, mm-hmm. and Deathstroke is scary enough, but Deathstroke 2040? Oh, what is scarier than that? And then at the very end, very, very end, uh, William gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, the female, the woman, is the hero, and the boy becomes the damsel in distress. And so they're clearly... They're clearly not just out to make an hour and see if it's cool. Like, right. th- they are world setting. The fact that we got out of crisis into all of these new plot lines and had a straight up adventure in the middle, isn't that the most impressive? Even yeah. over like finding the perfect tone? Yeah, I really think so. That it felt like in the, a mid season show, which is what we say we want every pilot to feel like. And I mean, they have a leg up that we know these characters, but they really were setting a whole new tone of adventure. And half the characters don't remember the old version of the characters we're used to. Just right. almost more work. Although uh, having John John's rings everywhere is very helpful for everyone. Um, Laurel has something that is based on the John John's ring from oh, yeah. Crisis, where if you touch someone, all of their exact memories that you want them to have come back. Only the ones you want them to have. Yeah. Really forget the shame or winning that trophy. Whatever you want to do, you can make them who you want. And the show needs to be the new Arrow, so it's a little bit, little bit more grounded than the rest of the CW shows. Um, so they dealt with crisis, but it was still Laurel saying, like, I don't know, fucking Martians did something, <laughs> and I got magic now? Who gives a Who shit? Gives? Give Let's me a drink. Let's motorcycles. <laughs> uh, do you have a moment of the week? We talked about a lot of them, so I'm going to give it up to Laurel's hair and makeup game. Yeah. Um, for someone who is not try hard at all, the amount of time that she is spending changing up the way that her look is before each mission is, I think, perfect try hard, not try mm-hmm. hard. And she looks great. Uh, I have two. One's a Laurel as well. I'll start with my non-Laurel. Uh, when JJ is being investigated, before he remembers that he might be the Deathstroke of 2040, uh, he she's like, Mia says, I'm sorry, I was jumping to conclusions. And he said, jumping to conclusions is that I'm cheating on you, not that I'm a kidnapper of one of her best friends. <laughs> and that's super funny. And he delivered it very well. Like He was like, I would rather you think I was getting some strange. Yeah, I am glad to see that this guy's back. I thought it was a weird choice to make to go to... A arrow bad guy after his Russian doll right. supporting turn. Um, but I think this guy could do a lot more than your average CW actor with his role. For if sure. he sticks around. Uh, my second uh, moment of the week is so quick, but Laurel at one point sits on the couch, but she doesn't sit on it like a normal person. She goes to the side where the armrest is and like twists her legs from under each other. It looks like both her legs would have snapped off the way she just <laughs> fell back on the couch. It's baffling. But if she keeps choosing like non-human ways to do normal human things, I'm in. Yes. Uh, yeah, watching all three of them is awesome. And especially, like I said, uh, without having a Charlie's Angels in a long, long time. And that's all the time we have. Taylor is kicking through the door as we speak, so I guess we should talk about any kind of other show. Uh, he said that you can't come back this week, so I'll see you next week. Yeah, fair deal. Bye. Now we're here in the pull list where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is our Netflix block. Nope. Our Hulu block, Runaways. On episode 306 of Runaways, the kids are back six months after they left, which means Nico is about to have some stepmom problems, Oh, which I always have when I go on Pornhub, as her father is totally healthy and now dating Morgan Le Fay. No one would ever date Nico's dad on purpose, so I bet she's up to something. Meanwhile, Morgan has found a way to get all the kids of Los Angeles under her spell. She's created cursed cell phones and is handing them out for free. 
They get addicted to the cell phones and get really mad when you oh take them away. Tay, bud, I ask you this. Is this the exact level of social commentary we expect from Runaways? Uh, do you mean the exact level of social commentary from the Jewel ads from the beginning of movies? Then, yeah, I think exactly that's what it is. Your kids are on Jewel. And probably spray painting penises on things like the Mona Lisa. That's uh, Jesus Christ. I, I was with you for this recap up until the moment where the cursed cell phones. What fucking bullshit. What Jim Jarmusch in 2019 bullshit is this? <laughs> and you don't mean Jewel ads like J-U-U-L. You mean like, uh, my hands are small, I know Jewel ads. Yes, that, like, absolutely. Keep your kids away from Jewel poetry because it will rot their brain. It, it'll fuck you up, man. It'll ha- fuck you up. How many days of your life have been spent as a Jewel fan? At, like like Jewel, like Jewel, J-E-W-E-L yes. fan. Uh, at least... At least probably 60. I probably had a good solid two months uh, as a Jewel fan. On Taylor's list of the thousand greatest artists of all time, musical artists, is Jewel higher than Enya? Ooh. I maybe yeah, I think so. I think higher than Enya. Enya has two and a half songs. My hands are small, I know. She's she only sings like she's very cold, but warmer than Bjork. She's one degree yes. warmer than Bjork ever is. Like she, Bjork lives in uh, an igloo. Yeah, Bjork lives in Greenland, and uh, she lives in Iceland. Yeah, and they think it would be different. Nope. But no, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, that's uh, th- this is a stupid show. I I'm glad that I didn't watch it. Uh, I am a little upset that you said no one would date Nico's dad on purpose. I like Nico's dad. He's nice, but that's the problem: is that people on this show are like interested in like, ooh, you're bad and villainous. That's true. They ju- they just like a bad boy. Nico just Nico's dad just happened to marry a villain, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll do that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's Garsh. That's such a good Nico's. Dad. He says Garsh so much. Uh, do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is Molly sees a boy MDMA. and likes him. And then talks to him, and my God, is Molly, whoever plays Molly, is such a bad actress. It's so hard to watch. Yeah, she's not good, but her eyes go yellow sometimes. But my Molly of the week is that time I did MDMA, and I was at an Enya show, and I rocked harder than anybody else. Oh, Orinoco flowing out my jeans. Your next show this week is V Wars. Uh, this week on V Wars, Luther connects with a Washington insider who has a plan to keep society from collapsing. Ava sets out to get proof of the DNS internment camps. Taste buds, I ask you this. What's your plan for keeping society from collapsing? Oh, I I, I like no internment camps, but that's sort of done with because we're doing that right now. Yeah, that would be good if we just didn't have the internment camps. I grew up, based on the history classes I was in and the movies I watched, thinking that, like, internment camps, definitely bad. If you do that... You're bad. You're a bad. You're a bad person. And then I grew up to uh, talk you out, Taylor, of voting for Trump, but you did anyway. And then watch your vote go to internment camps. I just like that he says what other people are thinking. Yeah, it's true. He's always like, "You're a, you're a thin-necked moron." I'm like, "Oh, I love that." No other politician would say that for us. No, absolutely not. And personally, I like that he treats me like garbage and doesn't have my best interests at heart. Every week we talk about V wars is like V stands for vagina, but what about this? Can't really, vendetta? can't really draw, but I have to draw a bird. Yeah. That's a good that's how you know how to draw a V, right? Like I need to th- I need to draw a bird flying in the sky. Yep. Just just like put a little little curve on that on that thing. That's and a that's a bird. When the birds fight, that's V Wars and we're all dead. Yeah, that's called the crows. Well, V Wars is on Netflix. Your next show this week is October Faction. 
I've watched this motherfucker. I'm so sorry. This week, Netflix debuted yet another 10 episodes of a TV show based on a comic book. October Faction is about a pair of married monster hunters trying to raise their shithead twin children and finally retire. The family returns to the husband's father's mansion, who is also the one who got him into the monster hunting game, so they can go to the father's funeral and divide up his property. Also, some monsters show up in the small town, and they have to get killed. Tay Buds, I ask you this. What do you think? Just based on that, is the worst part of the show. Um, uh, I would say the family. The family sucks. Is that the worst part? It's not, Taylor. Oh, no. Is it, um, is it that the camera is bad? No, the camera's... I mean, like... Like, like the camera shuts off partway through, and the, it flickers, and you're like, ah, sorry about the bad quality. See, that would be bad. We talked about Sabrina and like how that was directed, and it was yeah. fine, right? It, yeah. just, it wasn't the A-plus that we hoped for, but like it's, it's basically the same level for every show. The, the cameras don't shut off. Uh, they cast somebody in the lead role. His name is J.C. McKenzie, and apparently he's been in a bunch of shows. He is so, so bad. Oh, so no. bad. I'm not supposed to tell you this, but... Uh, in the future, we're going to release a show about the best TV comedy of 2019. And we had a conversation about Rami yes. versus Natasha Leon. Yes. And like how charming they are and how it doesn't matter what show they're in. They're going to make it good. I can't pick a better opposite of that than this lead character. Oh, boy. He is bored. He is bad. He is like, I, like it was so hard to get through. I, I have never seen before. And I did look up this show because I had to look at our script and say October faction what the fuck is that so i googled it and i saw on release it had an overall imdb rating of 5.2 which and imdb people who rate are notoriously like uh helpful to yes. things like they're like fives or tens to them they're so like, this must mean that it is the worst thing that has ever been created it's it, like they absolutely hate this show and no one is happy that it exists now the internet has come out and said hey guys make it to the fifth episode and then it sort of gets good here's the thing it, you got me for bojack horseman yeah and that was the one time you're gonna get me to do this you can't no one else can do this anymore they got the one pass you watch bojack horseman even I, though it's not based on a comic book? It, you know what? Sometimes, this will surprise you, Ryan. Sometimes I watch things that are just based on like non-comic book things. If the fourth or fifth episode of this show is good, I will never know. Because no. I am done. I That's, am out. This is, and, I, and I this is say, bullshit. As your friend, this is big progress for you. Yeah. This, no. is, this is huge for you. Because you would be the person who's like, ah, fuck it. I guess I'm going to watch seven more episodes of this and we'll see. Because I'm Dana Carvey's George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah, you're Dana Carvey's George W. Bush watching television shows. Ryan, if you had to pick a moment of the week for October Faction, what oh, would it man. be? That's so hard. But I'm going to go with uh, J- J.C. J.K. McKenzie pulls up with his wife, who is black, to a gas station. <laughs> and the... Uh, the gas station owner says, "You better get your wife out of here what? because she's black." And then in twenty twenty, in twenty twenty, and I don't think it's because of that. I think it's because they're monster hunters. But they wanted us to think that it was because he's racist. And the daughter comes out and finds out what's going on, and she says, "Taylor, you're never going to believe this because you've read like Letter from a Birmingham Jail, and like you've seen the movie Malcolm X. You know what it's like to be a civil rights leader." Of course. Uh, she, the daughter, finds out what's going on, and she says, "And get this," and I quote, "Racist much?" And those two words, I think, Fuck made that person go through me. his entire past and understand what a Fuck what me. a idiot asshole he has been his entire life uh racist much 
Jesus Christ, October Faction. October Faction is on Netflix. Don't watch the show, you guys. Don't watch the show. Your next show this week is Stumptown. On this week's Stumptown, Dex becomes friends with a new client, the owner of a male strip club who has been mysteriously losing money. Gray continues to help Hoffman. Tay Buds, I ask you this. What does your ideal stripper look like? Um, I would say... Well, first of all, have you ever had... Have you ever paid the fee and gone into a strip club? No. Well, I have, I have gone into a strip club, but it didn't have a cover. Um, that's just that's the, that's your friend's house. Yeah, uh, but I, I did I did go in and uh, th- it was specifically because there was a uh, a strip club in the college town that I went to where there was a rumor that there was a stripper there who had one leg, and I did not see her that night. She wasn't working. Uh, I also went at four p.m. <laughs> on a weekday, which is when someone like her would. Typically, we'd be working. Uh, uh, strip and, club and, does make sense because her one leg is strips and the other leg is just a club. So that does work out. I, that's, I can't co-sign on that one. Uh, uh, I mean, do you like, like lots of tattoos, no tattoos? Do you like uh, lots of talk? Do you like bolt-on, um, fake boobs? Like, what are you into, bro? Uh, shit, I don't know. I like, I like when they have a, a nice smile and they, they compliment my brain. Okay, so you're talking about when you go into an H&R block. Yeah, that's pretty much... Yeah, that's... Those those ladies and men know how to get it done. <laughs> ladies, men, non-binary accountants, getting it done for me. Do not be a lady or a man. I need a non-binary accountant. Excuse me. I need my accountant to be non-binary, just like my taxes. Uh, I don't know what that means. Stumptown is on ABC. Your next show this week is Supergirl. This week on Supergirl, the subsequent complications from Crisis... Leave Supergirl to face a chaotic threat, meaning a whole bunch of brainies are loose in the DEO. Also, Lex Luthor is a good guy now. Taste what I ask you this. What would you do if your worst enemy was suddenly a good guy? I would still continue to hate him forever. I don't think that grudges have an end. I think that I like yeah. I don't love grudges, but I love the fact that I love the fact that I love making them last for as long as humanly possible. Now, Ryan, getting into the metaphysics of the mind, if you will, for a moment. Uh, do you, are you one of the people who believes that like uh, a person, even if their entire uh, mind and identity change, that they are still responsible for the actions they committed? Or does a person with a new mind become a new person? I think that I've watched enough superhero TV to know that if basically the only way to get out of things, if I'm mad at you, is to say, oh, somebody was controlling my mind. And then I will totally believe you. Yeah, that's but we've been blamed too many times. But Can- I, I think I'm going to start using it. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's a good way to go. It doesn't hurt to try, yeah. folks. If you're out there and you're in a tough spot, try the I was I was brainwashed bit. I mean, what's the loss? That like they still hate you. They were gonna hate you anyway. So it doesn't fucking matter. They were gonna matter. hate you anyway. It's fine. Supergirl is on the CW on Sunday night. Your next show this week is Batwoman. This week on Batwoman, Sophie takes command of the crows and someone blackmails Gotham City. Kate then discovers the culprit is a lesbian who was outed to her parents and wants to use the money to leave town. Alice then tries to use the girl as leverage to out Batwoman's identity, but ends up getting arrested by GCPD. Afterwards, Kate gives the girl support and comes out as a lesbian in an interview with Kara. Taste buds ask you this. How's it having an officially out superhero? This was all over the news of that day. Well, the news that I look at. Yeah. Like, the comic book. Yeah, it, it, was all over, it was all over your news. Right. And still, I gotta say... We have had many outed 
TV right. characters before. I'm not sure what the importance was. It's a, it's always it's, important. It, yes, but it's, it's not important. like uh, milestoney. Like they tried to make it. Right. I I mean I guess it is. I I mean if you if you claim Legends of Tomorrow as a ensemble piece and not Sarah Lance is leading, this is I think the first lead superhero who is out. It's still it's it's a big deal, but I wish that um, Batwoman was better. Right, specifically the actress who plays Batwoman. Ruby Rose isn't good, and I and that bums me out because I do appreciate that they are making like an out queer main superhero. But but yeah. all the headlines were like TV will never be the same again, and I would <laughs> like to be in a time where the headlines were like Batwoman does just a normal ass episode. You know, like she yeah. came out and it's totally fine. Yeah, it's uh, that that is the ideal situation, but I it it's a big step, but it it feels a little bit more like when Iceman in the comics came out and it was just kind of clumsy and, and yeah. weird. And it's like you've had you've had queer characters and like very good queer relationships for years. This isn't why why, why are we suddenly settling like this one thing? It feels it feels like they're trying to get points. Yes, exactly. Like because of Ellen and because of Katie Lotz and because of all these other characters, because of Sean Hayes and all these people who have like yeah picked up the torch and led the way they're like it's like uh, i am the first person to ever score a goal in drunk soccer at this particular park in the month of march that's right. what they're doing you know yeah and, and it's like i get it queer representation is big it's been around like don't ignore the stuff that's already been there but just like pretend like you've been there before and just like do it and not make it a big deal but they made it the biggest deal ever and that sort of takes away from it a little bit yeah it's like uh, all right cool i i Batwoman. Batwoman. It, it's, it's on the CW. I wish it was a better show. Go them. Uh, Riverdale is your next show this week. And Taylor. Yep. When was the last time you did not watch Riverdale? It's Listen, it's, it's, been, it's been a minute. It's been since the show came out? I think so, yeah. I have never missed an episode, and I did. I missed this episode. On this week's Riverdale, the big game is coming up. Reminding viewers that Archie and all of his friends are on a football team and wondering when Archie's next boxing match or guitar concert will happen. Would you believe that Riverdale High is playing against Jughead's shitty prep school? And would you yeah. double believe that the bad guy team is known for brutally injuring their opponents? This week, though, with someone like Mad Dog on the team, the bad guy team decides to get a jump on it and break his leg with a golf club before the game. Betty attempts to write an expose on the team to no avail. Jughead gets into Yale without applying. Cheryl is pissed because Riverdale has a new cheerleader coach that wants cheerleaders to cheerlead instead of be Cheryl's friends on Glee. Veronica and Cheryl team up to create a maple syrup rum. Betty has an idea on how to beat the bad guy school, and Archie's uncle gives Mad Dog drugs. Tay Buds, where do we begin? Buddy, that's a that's a whole that's a big old pizza pie that you just sliced up for me and served hot. So they're covered in different toppings, and I would like to know. This one has a ton of meat, but a ton of mushrooms. This one has a, which slice are you going for? You know what? Give me the meat and the mushrooms. Let's go. Let's get right into it. And that means whatever you think it means. <laughs> no, I want you. I want to go over it again. Uh, Yale cheerleader coach, maple syrup rum. Betty beats the bad guy school. Uncle gives mad dog drugs. Uncle gives mad dog drugs because this is a new uncle character that we really haven't talked about before. Yes, and so Archie's mom the entire time is uh, saying, uh, "Your dad's brother is a piece of shit, yeah. and you should stay away as, from him." As most dads' brothers are. And yes, <laughs> if your brother has kids, you're the piece of shit. Yeah. And uh, that's such un- a bummer for me as someone whose brother's recently engaged. Yeah. Oh boy. No, you are losing that race. Oh. 
uh, the uncle's like, that's that sucks that she thinks that. And here's all the here's all the reasons why I did the things I did. And then Mad Dog gets injured and the uncle just appears out of nowhere at a high school gym and says, what if I had the thing that would make you not feel your pain and I will give you drugs as an adult? This seems totally fine. And Archie's yeah. like, that seems weird. I don't like this. Don't do it. And yet they he takes the drugs. Ugh, Mad Dog, buddy. Murdoch, whatever your name is. But here's the thing. Mad Dog takes the drugs, and that gets directly into Notre Dame. There is no repercussions for anyone. Cool. And Archie goes up to the uncle, and he's like, I don't know. That kind of worked. Yeah, hey. You know what? Good job. Sure. All right, cool. Uh, uh, To answer your question from the intro, no, I do not believe that Archie's school plays this prep school in, in football. That is not. That's not real. They have they have different districts. They're not they're not even the same like league. So Betty goes up and Betty writes an article about how they just injure football players. And the principal says, Betty, you will not write this article. We will not publish this article. And Betty says, I really want to get them back. I want to beat them at something. You know, they have this blank team. Should we form a blank team? Do you know what kind of team that is? Uh, Ryan, because I do know what the next episode is. I do know that it is a quiz team quiz team they have a we, quiz team we didn't fight the, we didn't win at football so let's win at the thing that's better than football Quizzing. trivia let's yeah. beat them at trivia trivia i do have to say that as someone who has friends who run trivia companies and several other friends who are on competitive trivia teams i can't clown trivia too much but uh when it comes down to you lost at football and you started a trivia team to compete fo- folks you lost you, you take the l <laughs> Take the L, try again next year. But the thing that I love about this is that it, this episode fucking fizzled out. Like, everything that you thought was going to happen in this football episode did not happen. Nope. And it said nothing happened. And so, instead of that, we're going to put all the focus, fuck football, quiz team. We're going to do quiz, quiz team. team. Um, Veronica cannot get her rum sold, and Cheryl cannot get her maple syrup sold. So, Veronica puts maple syrup, half maple syrup, half rum in a shot. And apparently it's delicious. You put the rum in the maple syrup and stir it all up. If I had that right now, would you do a shot? No. That's awful. That's disgusting. That sounds terrible. Yeah. And Jughead's in Yale. And Jughead's in Yale. Well, that's... Oh, boy. What an episode that they are really coming right out of the gate the midseason for. Ryan, do you have a moment of the week from this batshit crazy episode? Taylor, I'm going to save you a bunch of time. You don't need to watch the episode anymore because if you had, we would have the exact same moment of the week. It would be exactly this because there can only be one thing. Uh, Archie and his uncle bond over boxing. (gasps) What? And as they're talking about boxing, like, what weight are you? Welterweight? I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's heavy or small or whatever. I I think it's middle, which is like, why? Welter is middle? Yeah, because I think it's featherweight and then welterweight. And featherweight. Come up with a different term. Right. Featherweight. And And then heavyweight. But as the camera is leaving their conversation, and then it's an, uh, it's an outside shot, and it's coming away from the diner as they're bonding, um, the uncle says, well, Archie, are you any good? And Archie says, well, I boxed a bear. And then it cuts to commercial, and that is the, all of the Riverdale that I need. Fuck! I love that bear. All right, guys, Riverdale's on the CW. You should watch it, even when I do not. Your next show this week is Black Lightning. This week on Black Lightning... Jefferson is back from crisis to a changed world. Lady Eve is discovered as Gamby's killer. Lynn is addicted to modified green light. And Jennifer quits working for a deal. Taste buds, I ask you this. Black Lightning is the same universe. Cool or weird? Uh, That's a good question. But, like, 
I guess my problem is that they could have made it in the same universe right away, and they right. chose not to. It's and then they have to now. Yeah, I I think I said this before when we talked about Crisis. It feels like Black Lightning, the show, is going away soon, but they just wanted to keep bringing back maybe Jefferson and maybe some of the kids. So Constantine got canceled. Let's throw him on Legends. Right. Black Lightning is canceled. Let's throw him on Legends. Do you, do you think that Black Lightning, when the show gets canceled, do you think Jefferson ever steps foot on the Wave Rider? Oh, 100%. Yeah? 100%. Because, I mean, it, that is historically the beginning of that show was here's the cast off from all of our other shows. And they did that for a while. And then eventually they're like, eh, we can create our own characters. It's fine. I think there will be some call sheet arguments. Like yeah. I will be, if you make me top four on the call sheet, which yeah. means that like I get like an arc every episode, then I will do it. And then he's that. De- yeah, definitely. Yes. Like sort of like they did with uh Wally for a little while before he fucked off to like, where where did he go? Like the to live with the monks? kids or something? Yeah, he he went to he went somewhere. I think he jetted into another universe that might have exploded. Now, now that I think about it, I don't know. Black Lightning's on the CW. Your next and final show this week is speaking of Legends of Tomorrow. And so you did not watch Riverdale. Nope. And you did not watch Legends of Tomorrow. Buddy, I'm I'm a, I'm a busy boy. This week's episode of Legends of Tomorrow and the first post-crisis episode is a behind-the-scenes documentary Fuck. of what life is like on the Wave Rider. Fuck! In need of some good PR and also needing to prove that the Legends are worth the budget, Ava lets a film crew into the docu- into document the day-to-day of the Legends. Then Sarah, Ray, and Mick get back from the crossover. Then Gideon accidentally takes the Legends and the film crew to Imperial Russia thanks to a time glitch that occurs when Rasputin doesn't die but needs to. Tay, bud, I ask you this. How could you not watch this episode? Fuck me. I, you know, as, as someone who I have spoken to on uh, several occasions. Outside of the podcast. Outside of the podcast. I love a good behind-the-scenes documentary oh God, episode of a television best. show. Fuck, that sounds like so they, much fun. And it's Legends doing it? It's Legends they doing They do it, the yeah. best version of each of those episodes. It's like everything, all of the reasons that you changed because the camera's on you happened here. Like instead of... Oh, God. It was so fucking great, Taylor. It was so great. Uh, Nate and Ray are talking to the camera and talking about their next adventure. Instead of just, like, walking away, uh, Nate looks in the camera and does, like, a spin. Like, because he knows the camera's on him. Of course. And then Ray, once he's done with the spin, like, grabs his shoulders and, like, pats his shoulders because of how you act different if there's a camera on you. Yeah. They nailed all of this so hard. It was so good. It was so good. I I want... I, I'm now going to go back and watch. I won't watch Riverdale because we already have the same moment of the week. I am going to watch Legends of Tomorrow. And, I mean, like, the the whole job is that Rasputin didn't die. Yeah. So what would be your goal if you went on that job? Obviously, you have to kill Rasputin. But, but half of them, more than half, want to find some other way. But there is no other way. No. So it's just, like, trying to keep them from killing Rasputin while saving Rasputin. Rasputin, by the way, is played by... Uh, Bobo Del Rey, the villain from Winona Earp, Hell doing his yes. best Bobo slash Rasputin. That is the most Rasputin-looking-ass dude yes, absolutely. that has ever existed. Of course, by the way, this I know this isn't the time for this, but if you guys have not watched Winona Earp, go, Come on! Go watch Winona Earp. What are you it's a doing? Very good show. It's a very good show. Oh, God. And everyone, I cannot pick an MVP from this episode because everyone fucking destroyed. <laughs> Mona... Mona was great. Mona they, is great. They finally figured out Mona because Mona is Thank now God. like half woman, half werewolf. And, Which is kick ass. And she's mixed literary agent. 
And so every time that Fuck! every time that uh, Mick gets a call about like, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to book you for this thing, then she goes into full werewolf and screams at them. And then now she's off the show. They they wrote her out. Fuck. You know what? Good way to do it. Mick Excellent gave, way to do it. Mick gave over his Rebecca Silver job to Mona, and now she's going to leave the ship and go do that. That is such a... You, that's the way you fucking do it, Legends. Unfortunately, we are out of time to talk about Legends. Ryan, what what's your moment of the week? I've got a couple. Cool. If I'll, we're done. I'll allow it. Uh, Ava does not know how to handle the fact that her girlfriend's best friend died. Yeah. Which is Ollie. So she she decides to write a bereavement card or something. And here's what she writes in the card. Dear Sarah, I'm sorry the vigilante you slept with while he was already dating your sister died. Some say it's better to have loved and lost, but I hope you never loved him at all. That is. <laughs> That's a good-ass card. Ava! But here's how this, uh, this episode was epic is because do you know what Thanos is? Th- Thanos? Thanos? Do you Thanos? know what Thanos is? Thanos. Thanos. No? Okay. Thanos was this idea before... The final Marvel movie came out. Yeah. Where the way to defeat Thanos is for Ant-Man to go into his mouth. Okay, yes, I do know this. Or up his anus and explode. Yes. And. Oh, boy. The Legends of Tomorrow are fighting the whole time about whether to or not to kill Rasputin. And so at the end, uh, Ray Palmer, as he's like, he's knocked out and very small, very tiny. uh, Sarah throws him directly into Rasputin's mouth. And they just keep hoping that he'll come alive and then get big. And he does. And it is the most disgusting, awful, gross-sounding yes. death I have ever seen in my life. Um, fuck yes. Guys, Legend of Tomorrow is a very good show. It's on the CW. Watch that show. With Let me ask you this. With um, Watchmen, Legion, Doom Patrol, is Legends in our top five all time? Uh... I would say so, yeah. Which is crazy. If you had asked me that season one of Legends, what a stupid fucking question to ask. Why would you even ask that? But at this point, yes. I think it kind of is, it right? It is. It is, it is hitting that. And I think it's like that and like maybe Winona Earp throwing in there. Yeah, maybe Winona. All right. Well, folks, that's all the shows that we have for this week. Uh, if you want to hit us up in other ways, there's some other shows that you can listen to. Uh, that is the OCD and also movie of the year show where they talk about the best movie of any given year. Uh, if you want to go to a website, it's yourpopfilter.com. Or if you want to go to Amazon, you should go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. It's just like going to Amazon, but it helps us out a little bit. If you want to help us out more directly, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at, at yourpopfilter.com or email us at contact at yourpopfilter.com. There's this other part where... Now that they're famous, Nate is like talking about how famous they are, and Nate is talking to the cameraman doing the documentary, and he's like, "No, people will just give you anything that you ask for." And he says, "Like, hey, I like your hat." And then the hat is immediately thrown at him, and then the next thing he's just wearing this hat. Fuck, Nate, 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 so good. It's very good. And if you told me that I was gonna say that just a couple of seasons ago, I would called you a liar, uh, folks. That is it for this show. Next week. We're going to be talking about more shows. It's the Arrow series finale. Here's the thing. I thought that that happened three episodes ago. <laughs> I know you did. And I feel like it keeps happening. He's dead, so I don't know how you keep doing it. My guess, 
and I'm not sure, but my guess is that it's uh, all flashbacks. This one, they finally do all flashbacks. No, don't tune into next week's podcast if you're not an Arrow person. We're gonna be doing Arrow the yeah, entire fucking time. Uh, so don't tune in. I definitely am not going to. Uh, that's it for this show for right. I'm Taylor for Taylor. I'm Mike for Mike. I'm Greg for Greg. I'm Cassie and Caitlin and McKenna. And for all of them, we're the Unnatural Twenties. And for the Unnatural Twenties, we are a podcast. And podcasts are here for you and here to stay. And we're not gonna go down quietly into that good night, folks. Here comes the train and he's bringing the gravy. That's and I don't, he's gonna I don't pour have it all over the grits. Right now, so and those grits. They are going to be sloppy. All right, I'm going to try Sloppy grits with the butter and the cheese. That's why, right. We put cheese on our grits. Why grits, Taylor? Why grits? Because grits are good. Do you not like grits? They're called grits. I've never had a bite of grits. I never Are you it. fucking kidding me? Oh, no. Bro. I, I was born middle class, so I would never eat grits. On bro, I got to tell you, grits, very, very good. Don't go to, like, one of those hip, trendy places that are, like, in L.A. Because I've had grits at those, and they fucking suck because they try and make them, like, Ooh, it's like thick cut. No, give me some fucking grits that are out of a little bag that you pour hot water a in. A little bag. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy who thought that oatmeal was bullshit, but I love cream of wheat. Okay, it, here, am I a grit person? Here's the thing. Um, ignore all of the sweetness of those. Like it is just. Oh yeah, because I hate the sweetness of those no, breakfast no, no. foods. But but dump in some salt and some butter and throw throw a little bit of bacon in there. Hell yeah! It trust me. It is it is a little goop. That is delicious and hearty and filling. Do you know what grits reminds me of? Grits is like, uh, you know when like poor people in old movies would go fishing for food and they would pull up a shoe and then eat the shoe? That's what grits is. I fucking hate you. Really? Yeah. Is grits closer to cream of wheat or shoe? It's closer to cream of wheat, obviously. That's bullshit, dude. It's like a shoe. No. I love grits. Gr- it's called grits. Yeah, because it's gritty. Like the, our favorite mascot. Oh, the, the one that pushes children over? Yeah, and you know what? He was right to do it. I'll say it.